Hi. Hello. It's Jojo. Welcome to episode one of my podcast. If you've read the description, then you know that this project is from the honest perspective of a young Nigerian-American woman raised in the evangelical tradition. And I think this is her story. Not I think. This is her story. I'm her. She's me. I think that considering the title and my apparent pledged honesty here, I need to address one important caveat in my episode. My first episode. To keep it and just get it out of the way. It's a bit of housekeeping, if you will, so just bear with me. Please do not mistake my intentions. I am not crapping on the church, nor am I apologizing for my perspective. The truth is the truth, no matter how you feel about it. Or is it? I used to claim evangelicalism kind of proudly up until the last five years. Now I consider myself as more of a black Christian Protestant, mostly Pentecostal in belief and theology, but not so aligned to the apparent evangelical way of thinking or voting. Anyway, yes. Honesty. I see a lot of it on the internet, and if you think back to my previous statement, the The truth truth is the truth truth, no matter how you feel about it, it it appears that a lot of Christians on social media seem to live by this declaration. But too much of a good thing is never a good thing. The same goes for honesty. Or maybe, a more appropriate word in this case would be candor. If I'm being honest here, I think a lot of Christians with large platforms, specifically on Twitter, use candor as an excuse to be compassionless, hurtful, loveless jerks. And I'm not being childish. I genuinely think some internet Christians, a lot of whom are leaders, mind you, actually function more as political provocateurs with an extensive knowledge of the Bible, but no actual understanding of it. Clanging symbol. I remember seeing a post on Twitter that gained quite a bit of traction and response. I won't directly quote it because I don't think it deserves to be reread, but it was along the lines of, this This is is sin, this is is wrong, wrong. you are condemned, condemned. you are unworthy, this is wrong, etc., etc., I guess from face value, a lot of what the post had to say was biblically supported. But if I've learned anything in my character development, it's that you can say the exact same thing two different ways and have very different response depending on the delivery. Say I order a pizza. You have the responsibility to deliver it to me and you can either ring my doorbell and hand it to me politely, resulting in a very generous tip, or you can toss it around and throw it at the ground at my feet, resulting in a true Nigerian style being that will rock your world. Your delivery, your choice. Some would argue that the gospel is offensive by nature, so I need a little bit more of an uncomfortable example if I'm going to show or or drop a metaphor. So here's a better example. Visualize with me. Say you're sitting in a doctor's office and your PCP lets you know that you're overdue for a necessary shot. I know, I know, Google and Parler have taught you quite a bit about vaccines. But over the years, you've built such a relationship in which you've come to respect the four years of schooling, four years of residency, one to four years of fellowship, and countless years of practicing medicine your doctor has scraped together. Tough sell. I know. Anywho, understanding your mistrust of other healthcare professionals, the doctor comes into the exam room personally to provide the jab. You roll up your sleeve, and though the experience isn't pleasant, you respectfully endure it because you know the person who ordered the shot, your PCP, only did so because they believe that it's in the best interest of your physical health. Pain, blood, band-aid, and voila. You're ready to go and produce antibodies that will protect you from a virus. Well done. Now, think. What if the same doctor had only seen you like once before and told you straight up that they were going to order a shot for you? They send in an overworked nurse who doesn't count down and just stabs you with a needle and gets the job done. The outcome is the same. The shot has been administered, but how do you feel? 
What is your take-home impression of the healthcare system? Do you truly believe that they care about your well-being, or are they just interested in that juicy copay? The same is true for the Word of God, I believe. Hebrews 4:12 says this, For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. A serial killer can cut you open. So can a surgeon. But what separates the two? Intention. Motive. Permission. We, even as believers, ask God into our hearts. He doesn't just force himself upon us. But back to my analogy, the serial killer and the surgeon. One desires to end life and the one fights to preserve it. Both cause pain. And if you survive, both result in scarring. The one involves a willing participant and the other a victim. Daily, I log on to social media and I see a bloodbath. Victims of Christians holding sharp swords carelessly, allegedly meaning well, but doing unsolicited damage to the bodies of those yet to be reconciled unto Christ, and even some of us who are. And this leads to damage to the body of Christ as a whole. I'm not saying don't preach the gospel. What I'm saying is respect the power that you hold in sharing biblical commands and reevaluate your delivery. As I said before, an interaction with a serial killer will at the very least leave you scarred. I can say the same thing for an interaction with a spirit-filled believer. One is the result of an attempted death blow, while the other is the result of touching the reflection of a timeless God and being unable to remain the same. So, in as much as you are able to try to ensure that your actions are not the reason someone has a bad impression of the body of Christ, don't slap them upside the head with the Bible and then rebuke them when they nut because you bucked. I believe this. You need to earn the right to call someone out. Nobody's going to listen to your rebuke if they don't believe that you care about their actual well-being. And I don't need to convince you of this. You actually agree with me. You practice it every Sunday when you give to foreign missions. You prove it that you agree with me every time you send Paisley to youth group with five bucks to give to the offering to solve the water crisis in Africa. Sorry. You, you see it in a foreign country. You see a need. Be it food, water, clothing, shoes. First you meet the need and then you tell your audience that they are sinners in need of a savior. More often than not, the receptivity of the crowd is much higher once they aren't, you know, dying of malnutrition. But I digress. Many of us will not set foot in another country to preach. But the principle is still applicable. Lead with love, then correct out of love. I mean, as I said before, y'all agree with me. It's the whole idea behind small groups and doing life together. You surround someone by a loving community, celebrate the mundane, assist in times of hardship, and soon you earn the right to call a spade a spade in their life. But don't be fake. Don't be buddy-buddy with someone just so you can tell them that they're wrong. Actually love them. And if you don't love them, shut your mouth. Because we don't need your hateful words hurting Christianity and ruining it for the rest of us. I'm sorry. I'm pretty passionate about this. And frankly, I'm disgusted by the way we've carried ourselves as a body on social media. We bicker constantly over fringe issues like critical race theory and women in the pulpit when there are actual problems we need to address. We are destroying ourselves. It's almost as if the body of Christ has an autoimmune disorder. We've forgotten Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. <sighs> Literally, the only thing separating us from those we're condemning is the grace of God. I think that if we understood that more, we'd be a lot slower to speak. Anyway, I didn't intend for this to turn into a rant, but I stand behind my words. Church, 
We've got to do better. Honesty is beautiful, freeing even, but it needs to be handled correctly. So let's hold each other accountable. I will be honest in this project. I want to be honest, that's my whole goal, but I want to do so out of love. After all, this is all pointless without it. So until next time.